Everything pretty now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> All yeah. Right, cool. For Reaper Metal Productions, this is Hellcast. Don't smash a like, don't subscribe. Just go to ReaperMetalProductions.com and check out the hours worth of music, podcast episodes, and much, much more. And, and when you do that, that would be far better than anything that is to teach a robot stuff that it's going to teach you on you know, watching pointless shit that you don't need to be watching. So go to ReaperMetalProductions.com. And I want to welcome the guy that uh, you would see in a lot of those other videos if he's going to come out of the corner here. Uh, that's old Tommy G. <laughs> Still rocking that name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's funny. People have been writing me uh, Tommy Darkness. Tommy I Darkness? Say, I want to say you said it before, but then... Uh, like Dylan from Headsplit and some other guys have been writing it, so now I'm just using that as the uh, my email signature. So, well, so very it's much. It's best when people name you and you don't, you know, you're not naming yourself. Yeah, you're right. Well, so the best, or uh, as as you've been last seen, was uh, Into the Darkness. We were yeah. interviewing people and stuff. So you brought you brought somebody with you today. Who the hell's here? Uh, we have Mr. Eric Payne of Intoxicated and Andrew WK fame. And what the, what the fuck are you bringing somebody from Andrew WK here for? It's a party, <laughs> man. I'm trying to have a party. We're here. having a party. Yeah. I, I mean, do do the listen? Do you want? To, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Set us up too, because Intoxicated's on Redefining Darkness. Then uh, seeing red, actually. Seeing red. Yeah, yeah. You and your labels. <laughs> I know. I know. It's fucking annoying. Trust me. <laughs> they just released a single not too long ago uh, during this whole pandemic called Legacy's Demise, which is now uh, streaming everywhere. It's actually on a uh, Apple playlist called headbangers is that right eric headbangers yeah. playlist yep. that uh, andrew actually curated um he's a metalhead so gotta <laughs> give it up he's actually on napalm Rec- Nap- napalm records by the way now so he's all metal dude but i, I wasn't a- really ragging on him i was just so andrew sorry man I was just, it was just a fun opportunity for our he's a, me- he's a metalhead through and through oh yeah he, uh he, he man, he loves like Napalm Death just as much as Barry Manilow. Equally, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah. Why don't, why don't so Eric? Why don't you talk about a little bit about the history of Intoxicated? Because uh, I know uh, for people like Craig, well, uh, yeah, edit people like Reaper uh, <laughs> knew Intoxicated from Germany because uh, they were released on Hell's Headbangers records. So I think when I had first told them that I found this awesome band that I'll be working with, they're like, "Oh, the guys with." The fucking Care Bear on the cover, or <laughs> Snuggie the Bear on a motorcycle. Yeah, uh, you have to look gotta, at the cover. I, I know to I gotta understand. pull that up almost. <laughs> yeah. We got a handful of dudes that were all we were all young, fucked up, man, and just kind of going for it. Uh, we put out a couple of EPs, and uh, we took all our merch money, man, and literally uh, bought this vehicle so we could leave it at a bail bonds place because everyone was constantly going to jail, man. It, it was we were. <laughs> We, we, we were given that name, Intoxicated. We were, I, I believe, like on our third show by the time before we even had a band name, you know, and uh, we were basically dubbed that. So we started getting some pretty good shows and, um, you know, under the wings of like Obituary and Death, and they would, you know, take us on small runs. And then we did, I believe it was our, our third or fourth EP with Chuck. It was his first it was his his first recording. Can you give that us? Can called. you give us the uh, the lineage? Can you give us kind of your your EP discography of like? Yeah, I believe it, it was all happened in the span of like four or five years. We did uh, four EPs, and we did them. I believe um, we did this one called Point Oh Eight. That's uh, that ages me a bit, but that's what the drinking limit used to be um, before <laughs> it turned to one oh. So we did Point Oh Eight in like ninety two or ninety three, and then. Uh, we did an album called Scars. Uh, they were only a year apart. We were putting out something every year. Okay. And then, uh, and then we did the one called Drain, and that was the one with Chuck. Okay. Uh, that he that he did, and um, and that was a really interesting process. Um, we recorded for like three days with him, and uh, Chuck was super stony, man. And uh, he literally lost everything we did. We had to start <laughs> up from scratch after <laughs> after three full days of recording. So well, Chuck was producing on the so he, like he didn't play like guitar or something. So he was like he was uh, you know sitting behind the console and, and running the show. Yeah, correct. What was he tracking on at the time? Do you remember? Um, man, it was it was he was super psyched on it, <laughs> but it was like this eight track. Uh, but I mean, it, it ended up being sonically pretty good for something you know he did for you know for the first time. That's awesome. Well, because 
is there anything uh, that like is, was Chuck known for producing stuff? Like, because I don't, I couldn't tell you anything else he's produced other than I guess Death Boombox demos. Right, right. So, uh, I mean, is, is that a fact or something that you know more about, Eric? Like, that's that that's something he just really w- wanted to get into. And, okay. and like I said, we did it at his house. Um, and uh, he was dubbing at Black Diamond Studios. You know, he's a massive Kiss fan. Um, right. And he he ended up like we we did our we did our demo with him, and then he literally actually rented a building and started, you know, grooming it out. And then uh, and then it kind of just went to shit. I believe we are the only band he recorded. <laughs> That's so crazy. Do you know why he he, you know, gave up on the on the dream? I I honestly don't know, but I uh, I know Chuck would get pissed pretty quick about a lot of things and then that would be over you know yeah i i skipped over a little bit yeah. the, the, but, but like it was really cool because again these dudes like i said they were iconic to us you know but um you know chuck came in on several of our demos some stuff that people have never even heard and played some solos did some vocals um and again i'm, I'm hoping that you know in a few years maybe once people give a shit that maybe we can even release some of that stuff yeah that would know? be really cool so what I guess how, what was that introduction introduction to Chuck and like what made him want to work with Intoxicated? Well, like we uh you know we would cross paths all the time and uh, but when it really got locked in was probably around the time right before Symbolic came out and they were doing kind of an album release and a um you know like this charity event and they asked us to play and then from there it was on and and. Uh, we had a bunch of mutual friends, um, and we would just go to Chuck's house. He was, he was actually pretty good at brewing beer, and uh, it was fun to hang out with, and it was Chuck. So, you know, anytime we got invited, we would go, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I just found that today, or stumbled on that today, actually. Uh, like, Richard Christie was, like, saying some stuff. Oh, that he uh, brewed beer? Yeah, like, things you didn't know about Chuck. Or he's uh, like, yeah, he, he had awesome beer that he brewed or whatever. That's so, pretty cool. And way, way before, like, any fucking idea of craft, anything. You know? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, do you know the guy? Do you know some of the history about Richard Christie, man? <laughs> that dude. Um, so he uh, he lived in a warehouse right down the street from us for about, man. If I if I'm not wrong, like 17 years. Man. Yeah, that's what I heard, man. He's talked about that, like rats crawling on him when he's sleeping, <laughs> shit. Dude, and he yeah, and he he would make these uh, he'd make these movies, and they were like three hour fucking long movies, man. Um, <laughs> like like comedy really, movies they, or like horror movies. <laughs> Or both. Um, yeah, they were kind of, like he—he he, he was a superhero. Um, and, uh, but he wore this—you know—he's pretty—he's a pretty pale dude. But he would wear this like yellow thong, and uh, yeah, and he'd fight these. Uh, it was like you know, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was like skull fuck versus you know whatever. But um, they were—they were, and he throw massive premieres, man. He'd dress up in a suit, rent out like a, a fucking nice hotel, and then kind of like ear rape you for about three and a half hours of this movie but it was pretty funny <laughs> actually uh our, our our intoxicated drummer's drum teacher from when he was like 12 on also lived right next door um and they both and that dude still lives in that fucking warehouse man um, <laughs> that's so crazy <laughs> is it a nice like a comment like like is it at least like decked well, what's out? the allure like, of the warehouse? Yeah. yeah. No, zero. Super <laughs> shitty. Super <laughs> shitty. <laughs> I it's uh I don't know. So it seems the, the the Howard Stern thing almost seems very, like uh, very appropriate at this point. Like it's just it because it always struck me out out of nowhere. Like we heard like the drummer. Like at that point for me it was like yeah the drummer of Death or, or Iced Earth, you yeah. know f- from how I knew it. And then it's like yeah, on Howard Stern. Like is that the same guy? Like, yeah. Uh, and then, like, how how the hell would he get that? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, the, like the goofball gig, essentially. Right. But I guess now it, <laughs> it makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, from from the early days, man, he was just sending those guys constant stuff, you know, and uh, and they eventually just answered him back. You know, that's so funny. Wow, which is awesome. The, you know, the Chuck demo, a drain. Is that that's the title of that yeah. one? Yeah. And then who did the? Uh, wasn't there someone notable that did artwork for that one? Yeah, um, and he and uh, yeah, Trevor from Obituary did the artwork on a few of our our demos, and he was there, man. Uh, during that during that whole recording session at Chuck's, it was literally just um, w- the lineup that was intoxicated at that time, and Trevor and Chuck, you know, and uh, Trevor came to every single session. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Trevor. Trevor had just started. Uh, 
just started doing some sort of like graphic design. So we were somewhat guinea pigs, but we were stoked, you know, to obviously have them even give a shit or be involved, you know. And so then what was the introduction to Trevor? So <laughs> me and our original guitar player, we worked at this really nice apartment complex. And uh, it, that, that, that in itself, like I said, it's, it's, was just pretty funny because we looked hash as shit and, uh, to have those jobs. <laughs> were were but, you um, like groundskeepers or something? What were you? Yeah, well, I like he—he he was like higher up than me, and like he would fix people's like fucking air conditioner stuff. Okay, I was basically like clean the pool, fucking garbage man. You like we had to go up like, uh, you know, uh, twice a week up three flights of stairs and pick up people's garbage. Okay, and, um, yeah, low man on the totem pole. Um, but but anyway, so we we were we were driving around on a golf cart one day, and we watched this uh, we see this big U-Haul, and it's backing up, and uh. We, I, you can see it from a mile away, man, that this U-Haul was going to plow this fucking really nice sign. And literally, it was like, look at this fucking dipshit, you know? <laughs> and uh, but we, of course, just let it happen, you know? And uh, he plowed the sign over, knocked it down, and then, sure enough, <laughs> getting, out of the, getting out of the U-Haul, it was Trevor. And, uh, and that, so that was our introduction. He was super stoked that we knew who he was. Um, and we loaded up that really nice sign and on a golf cart and just do it in the woods and uh, <laughs> never spoke of it again. The, the age before security cameras, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine, can you imagine like Blabbermouth or something? Right. Like Trevor Perry <laughs> like, runs over a sign. Oh yeah. gets a, a fine for running over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was, so, he was so relieved because he was hung over his shit. Uh, which he admitted, you know, right after we, you know, he realized we knew who he was. So was and, obituary uh, having success at that time that he was able to afford to move into this fancy place or Yeah, it was okay. it was really funny. I mean to us to us what obituary was doing, you know, was a massive success. And uh, during that time even like our managers at that shitty apartment complex, they were they were like, you know, literally like almost breaking laws, telling us like, you know, what Trevor made, you know, uh financially. He's like, You don't wanna go down this road, you don't wanna do that shit, you know. And uh, we're because we, we would leave all the time to go on small runs, and uh, because we worked and lived there, they held that over over our heads. You oh, know, like okay. you don't want to lose your job because you lose your house, you know. And so we would just throw our keys at them, you know, <laughs> and uh, because we were kind of at a stalemate, you know, just didn't really know what direction and, and how and how to move forward. I I, was, I had never sang and played, and it was just, you know, it, it was kind of a embarrassingly enough a good excuse to you know to move on and, and when we started touring with andrew we were I, I think i was home 12 days the first year and like wow. 17 the next you know so intoxicated really got put on a back burner um where you know we would come home from tour with andrew and we would do we do like fly out gigs with uh you know with like that company Volcom, you know um and so we, you know, we always kept was that it going. A, a skate brand or something yeah that yeah. skate company yeah. um so you know we just desperately trying to keep intoxicated going, but uh, you know it was so intermittent and definitely wasn't giving the the time it deserved, and really didn't have the did really didn't have the time either with all the touring with Andrew. But um, as of a uh, probably about three years ago, Greg and myself, who also plays with Andrew, um, we just said, man, we we need to either fucking go for it or or just put it to bed, you know, and uh, and. It's not in my nature to put shit to bed. So uh, and anyway, we just that's when we started writing Wall. Okay, cool. So how long was DT in the band before the Andrew thing came up? Donald Tardy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was in the band for probably about four years. Holy um, shit! Because when, uh, when did Obituary go on hiatus? By the way, I would if I had to guess, I would say ninety five. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Because what was the last one? Uh, uh, Back from the Dead, right? Yeah, oh, I think yeah. you're right. I think Back from the Dead was the last one because that does have the threatening skies and the rap tune, right? Yes, that's the threatening song. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Bully Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I don't know what I it think was. that it was, was the last one. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. like some of that. Some of that right, right, right. Not yeah. the last song. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, the last we, got, song. we got to go down to Criteria Studios and see some of that record get recorded. Oh, that's cool. So they knew they were disbanding. Was Donald playing with you by that time already, or no? I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little confused by the, the by, by the timing on that. I want to say 
fuck, man. I yeah, I kind of can't remember. I, I want to say that that was like around 97 or something. I, yeah. I, I don't. I think that came out in 97, so I'm sure it was done before that. <clears throat> and then uh, and then Donald told us, he said, man, look, he's like, in about nine months, I'm, I'm going to be gone. And I'm, and uh, he's like, I got this offer to play with this dude, Andrew, you know, um, who just got, you know, a, you know, some big deal with Sony or whatever, you know. And um, so, of course, we were bummed. But we And we would drive down to Tampa. That's where we rehearsed. And we'd, we'd come in and, and we would hear this music, man, um, that he would be playing on a jam box. And we're like, what the fuck is this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and he's like, oh, this is this dude, Andrew, you know. But there – um, he was he was really into it, and then he started you know he started playing us some more of the stuff you know and uh, and some stuff that probably even some people haven't heard before, but you know it had it definitely had some punk elements to it and some right. rock you know some like heavy rock elements to it. So so we definitely got you know got got what it was, and uh, shortly after it was the craziest thing. I I got a letter in the mail. Um, from this dude Andrew, you know, I'd never met, you know, and and knew very very little about, and uh, basically it was the nicest letter I've ever received in my life, you know. And he said he just it, it, the majority of it was about obituary, to be honest, and his love and love for that band. I believe he asked that whole band to join his band. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and Donald was the only one who, um, you know, who said yeah, but um. But yeah, he, he he just talked about his love for uh for obituary, and then said that Donald had said that we, you know, myself and Greg um, would be a good fit for his band, and uh, he's like, you want to go travel the world, you know? He's like, if you do, here's my phone number. So I, wow. I called him, I called him immediately, man, and uh, we got put um, we got put on like a small retainer, and Greg and I moved out of our apartment and moved right down to Tampa into Donald's one bedroom apartment where we just bought a big Tupperware full of weed and uh, we just jammed every day. That was our job. That's <laughs> crazy. When he said by getting the letter, you know, and, and not knowing this guy, like isn't that his thing, uh, uh, the Andrew WK thing, where like it's almost like mysterious who he is. Like I thought there was like some shit where people were saying like it's a different guy than it really was. Like it, it, do you know what I'm talking about? Like it, I, I, I do know I do know a little bit about what you're talking about. I, I've never totally gotten it or gotten into it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, people think there's a lot of them. <laughs> but he but he does keep this kind of like shroud of mystery around him and i think he prefers oh, it that sure. way you know for sure and it's real man i mean there, there's things i'm super confused by but um <laughs> but I, I i also kind of embrace that yeah uh, it, and I also I, I just by observing i've watched people asking questions and uh i don't want to be i don't want to be on the receiving end of that because he's never i mean he's so polite and everything but he'll tell you something for like 15 minutes and then you walk away and realize he didn't tell you anything. Right. right. You know? <laughs> but I, you know, That's I find awesome. it intriguing. I mean, he does crazy stuff too. I, I, I was searching him when, you know, back when we started talking to each other, I'm like, I got to like research more, you know, cause I wanted to see like Eric playing with him too, but he did this like 24 hour drum thing. Didn't he? Like, yeah, uh, he did. Which was wild, man. He like played drums for like 24 hours. Like, what? Yeah, dude. I, I don't. There, like, there's a video of it, man. It's like yeah, super yeah. insane. Yeah, he did it in New York. Um, where, yeah, where he yeah he played played drums straight for 24 hours, and he had dudes like coming in from uh like the Roots that would like sit down on another drum kit, just like keep him going, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, keep his energy up. Um, but but I'm glad you actually mentioned that because uh that sums up that dude in a nutshell. You yeah, know, um, yeah. I, I can't say actually enough good things about the guy. Um. From day one, for us, it's always been handshake deals. Um, he's never fucking faltered. I've never seen a person more passionate about something, you know, and it's yeah. fucking genuinely inspiring. And uh, I'd be a liar if I didn't even even tell you I learned a lot about guitar and music just by actually playing his tunes. Um, you know, just by just by hearing, you know, someone hearing the music, you could say, yeah, that's super simplistic, but you go try to watch someone on YouTube play any of it. No one plays it right, you know. Yeah. Um, and that guy will also embarrass you, man. Uh, if he picks up any instrument, you know, he he can fucking play them all. Um, yeah, say that, that drum thing. I was surprised. Like he could he could play. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I we we I mean. 
from what I'm hearing too, and how I started this conversation, just even like alluding to that, uh, it it, it makes it it makes me wonder because a like I said, I haven't really heard too much. Um, what I heard like is honestly far more preferable in a popular music sense of yeah. like the masses liking, but like is that what it is that anybody would poo poo him? Because it sounds like he's very much rooted in uh, metal, as Eric clarified, yeah. but also. Uh, or maybe, or maybe rather, uh, the whole obituary thing and disbanding. Maybe that's where the that's where the divide is. Like you split up obituary, Andrew. Like, like, are like, is <laughs> I don't there? Think do you that's know? What do you know what I'm getting? But you know what I mean. Like, do you know? Like, hey, do you no, know what I'm talking? Ob- like, why obituary, would there be a divide? Obituary for a while had been on hiatus. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So but that is, that's not something that people like think or say but you because you know what i'm talking about like i mean of you course. obviously got the joke right before we even rolled so like but you i mean fuck you're in the band and then clearly you know you know all these guys and the, and then have your own band make this the, the music that obviously hellcast fans and stuff like so it's like you know what i mean so like what what do you think it is though that 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 would have like a uh like crowd because of the uh you know the the masses liking andrew wk and stuff I mean, when it comes to when it comes to like you know diehard metal metal fans and stuff, I you know it's it's easy to it's easy in the worst way to rip on uh, something that you either don't understand or yeah. it's different. You know what I mean? But uh, the fact that that dude does it loud and proud, you know, was something again that I also respected. Um, and the other the other thing is is everything that dude does. And I mean, fucking everything has a meaning, has a purpose, and you're not gonna know what that meaning is, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I've known him for 22 years, and I would say that we're fucking dear friends. And I couldn't tell you if he is a diehard Christian or if he worships Satan, you know? <laughs> um, and, I, and I don't ask those questions because right. I like I, I like not knowing that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that if if I'm as close to him as I am, and I think that, you know, that I, I think that job well done on his part because he's got people confused in the best way this show especially like we've early on like and i went you know being a younger person myself would have like i had more organically you know would or or put my thoughts into our conversations so there would be a lot of stuff at this point uh, in time yeah where people like reaper said this and he's kind of going at it where if I were to be called out, my, my excuse would be because I fucking grew up, dude. Like I kind of don't care right. certain to certain levels. And so like if somebody's like, I fucking love uh, Profanatica and Magnus and Andrew WK, like 20 years ago, I probably would have been like, oh, my God. You know, but now it's just kind of like, all right. Yeah. You know, like so you like a band that I'd never heard, frankly, or – would maybe uh, like if it were something like Slipknot or something like where I, right. I just flat out would attribute through looking at I don't like but mm-hmm. have still not heard like and then hear and suck like I don't know I, I get I, I just sometimes don't get this and then if you use like your Slipknot and your Andrew WKs like these later on things uh, at this point like how could a kid not like you know intoxicated sisters of mercy obituary profanatica magnus like in this whole blend of stuff because it's just like it it, it just got to that point like people well, just... I, have, I have found that dude i have found young people that i i've talked to like are way more open which is a good thing i think because like you said back in the day we were like all kind of asshole elitist almost you know where uh i don't want to be that way, you know. Like, well, yeah, but, I like a, like all kinds of music. So, I'm, and I'm glad you said that, Elitist, because I guess there like could be a, a a nice little anecdote we could try to even figure out because like, well, so Eric, like you know, like going back to you, Eric, like obviously, you know, everything I just said, and then Elitist, and then here you are, where it's like. You would be a guy of like, if you're an elitist, oh, you know what I mean, and like I, only. I, 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 I totally get where you're coming from, and that's exactly what the fuck we are. We were, you know, like, but like criminal elitists. We were, you know, that's that's why that's why intoxicated. You know, that's why they had the members we had, and that's why we were doing what we did was for metal and, and any 
anything that was beyond that was like fuck you pussy shit or whatever you know yeah, yeah. and um, right. so i can't I, you know i can 100 percent relate but that being said as soon as we started playing that andrew shit i fucking promise you i would not have i would not have played it and been in this band now 22 years if it wasn't something that i i immediately got when we started doing it you know what i mean right yeah uh, uh i don't know how to describe this but i can well yeah i can actually say it with ease there's not much of a different feeling at all between playing live with with either band you know what i mean yeah, i was and gonna so say that, andrew has like a at least for a long time i'm sure it's evolved over time but had a very metal type show. I mean, headbanging, like all that. You know, I was like super aggressive. You yeah. know, even though the music maybe sounded like lighter, like yeah, there was like aggression coming from the stage. You know, it's ma- it's major key, but you know, but at the same right. time, so that you know, but it's uh, but yeah, it's, it's four on the floor. So I mean, yeah, there's a there's something to it. Yeah, and uh, also seeing, you know, seeing the crowds that came, it was all it was confusing, but also inspiring. Where you'd see. You know anything from fucking jocks to complete metalheads. You know to um, you know a lot of people that I, you know going back to the elitist thing. People I I don't think I would have ever wanted to hang out with. But I mean, in, in a way, it was like in a way it was like some good lessons that you didn't even know you were learning at the time. Yeah, you know, it was brought up even with that, like the the progression of Death's catalog mm-hmm. and people shitting on that. Um, and, and and it just kind of made me Which again, is you know, re- by the way. Well, and 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 so it, it's also then like, well, who are these people that? Because it's almost like even the elitists. Because hell, I I would say that I was definitely one. You know, mm-hmm. waving a flag. You know, obviously saying shit and recording it, and putting it out there. You sure. Know? Yeah. Uh, and then coming back, you know, having a change. So it's almost like it, it, it it's a, a hypocrisy in a way, and. It's I don't know like do people just change and that's the difference because it's almost like the elitists are the exact same people they never change but then or they they're in the same exact room and it's just like well they live with their mom in the dude, basement and they never left that basement <laughs> is, or something you know? but is that our definition of an elitist no then? but but you see a lot of similarities I mean there's yeah. definitely like f- fucking some stereotypes that ring true you yeah know what I mean <laughs> to me to me I can tell you this and it's a it's it's sort of a, a you know, a way to kind of let myself off the hook and other people, like understanding other people. It's like everybody wants to fucking know what they stand for. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be a part of something. So if if you're, you know, if you're in this box of who you are and who you hang out with and what you stand for, well, then that's what it is, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, for me, I'll tell you, as much as it's been a gift of, of traveling and, and seeing other culture and seeing other types of people and experiencing it's been so fucking humbling at a lot of things uh, that I was really wrong in my approach of looking at things. But, but you know, that's that's the fucking point of living, you know? Yeah, well, it, I, I think it is. Like, I think, I mean, Reaper, you said something about change, and I think that is, it, it's evolving. It's just evolution. It's growing up. It's getting wiser. It's all of those things, whatever you want to call it. Because, I mean, I had it younger. I was elitist too, for sure. But I was like fucking 14 or 15 elitist, yeah. which... What did I know at that point anyway? But I was, like, super into Mortician and Marduk at 15 years old, you know? Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to hear anything else. But um, I think my prowess for being wanting to become the best musician I could become led me into kind of what he described, just uh, learning more about the world, learning more about music. So it opened me up to all these things I didn't know I liked, and I was okay with it, you know? And I didn't care what anyone else thought, you know, because I was trying to be a better musician, you know, and I, and I, yeah. and that's how I relate with Chuck. Is like, yeah, there's tons of dudes we know that poo poo on, you know. I mean, even human, they'll poo poo on human, and it's like it's so brutal, you know. But it, all he was trying to do was you know, evolve and not write the same record over and over. So why poo poo that? You you can yeah. not like it, but don't poo poo the man for doing what he. I mean, he, he was you know. he was like early on even doing that, like uh, just like uh, I don't know when leprosy's he, uh, an evolution from scream and you know yeah. like all the but yeah. even like like spiritual uh, uh, healing. There's like an MTV I thought like interview like where he's even like kind of like particularly uh, approaching that subject yeah. of like yeah. 
where you know I bull, I'm a nice guy and like all this stuff where like you know I'm in a but I'm in a band death. So like I, I don't know I, I just find that intriguing I guess because it is personal that like you know going through that and and going through that change when he's wearing those kitty cat shirts. Yeah, he's wearing the yeah, kitty yeah. cat shirts. <laughs> like um, I mean, he didn't, we, well he didn't give a shit. So that's that's pretty I, which, cool. Which I, yeah, yeah. I, and I really respected that because yeah. you know it, it does take away from the stereotypical. Sometimes man, you know, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't give a fuck. Um, some <laughs> shit's just too fucking heavy for me too. It's like I find it ridiculous as far as like uh, probably probably the only way I could uh, I, I guess give give a good you know metaphor is like probably how like bikers see when they see like how they're you know uh, portrayed on movies, you know, or whatever, or like or like satanic metalheads or whatever, you know. It's like not yeah. everybody's that way, and I think right. It's, you know, I think it's cool for someone to, to, to kind of, you know, take that stigma, you know, away from that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I do get griping over a kitty cat shirt on a death metal record. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he's fucking with you, you know, I think and I think yeah. that, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's maybe part of the leap is is perhaps not knowing you're being fucked with almost because right. you probably might appre- I mean I I appreciate it more than when I if you put it in that light yeah. um but I don't know I mean cuz I could still be hypocritical in saying what I just said and then there'd still be something that I do feel now that could maybe be of elitist slight remark sure but uh Fuck I don't yeah. know. I just wanted to take that out. I, I don't I know. still I just, have it sometimes. I try I, yeah. I try to catch I myself sometimes. Don't ever let it go. It's, I think it's it's balance. Yeah, so it's we, balance. It's balance, right. Okay. Well, cuz that's what I was going to say if we agree on that. Well, cuz like, the hell well, look, look at our metalcore and deathcore conversations. I can't stand the shit, you know? So does that make me elitist because I'm not like open to it i just can't stand it yeah right it's a personal thing i don't know which is totally something i've even said when we ragged on death or deathcore on the show like at the end of the day though those kids or guys or i don't even know why i would say kids because it could be any fucking age yeah but like people that like that they still could be a a diehard you know black metal they they might have every fucking they might have the first person to fuck me jesus i can tell you i know a guy like that yeah, well, we both know that guy. Yeah. He, he well, no, like, there's a oh, different guy. Oh, think, okay. But. but we both know a guy that, like, you know, dude. Yeah, he will be. He'll. he'll he. I think he even has like Chuck Schulding or fucking one of his guitars or something. Okay. So he's like an avid Death fan. But then he'll bust something out. I'm like, dude, like, wow, you do not have any guilt to your pleasures. Nope. Which, yeah. Which is, I don't know. And That's it, cool. That's fine. Well, yeah. I I almost wonder in a way then like. Back, well, because Eric said it well with the identification part. Yeah. So maybe is that the flaw in the lead? Because I'm trying to think, like, where is the difference then of being an acceptable elitist view or just a fucking pure on hypocrite? Because, uh, like, if we're agreeing There's to a lot this of shit, hypocrites. well, how, who's to say that I'm not one? Like, well, we probably are, too. Yeah. yeah. So everyone's got a little bit of so that. So I, I, I guess I guess that's what our conversation I'm trying to at least center it around is figuring this shit hey, out. As long like, as we're what, honest with ourselves, that's uh, you know, what else can we totally. do? Totally. Yeah. I think it's okay to, I think it's okay to fucking hate some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I but always try to you know to be open to, to to being open. But the first time that really got slapped in my face was I remember it was one of the first times being in Europe and going to some of these clubs and I I remember being in this fucking place and it was probably 150 dudes around in a complete circle. So the whole whole middle of the of the floor was uh, you know completely bare. And these dudes are all just playing air guitar and fucking headbanging, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whoa, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen, but it was badass." <laughs> yeah. And then fucking right after that, Michael Jackson came on and the same fucking dudes with the exact same enthusiasm, you know, were like down for it you know and if it, it really freaked me out for a second but uh but at the same time i was like oh you know in a, in a way you know that's it's you don't see that a lot in america where you know that the word guilty pleasure you know yeah. uh doesn't seem <laughs> to exist over there which i admire yeah well, well i'd like to uh throw something in you throw know throw it. a wrench in there too because <laughs> uh here's the story i won't necessarily say who it's from but uh I'll, I'll say the band. So Nunslaughter, right? So they're Heard of they're them. touring, right? And <laughs> a friend of mine plays with them, and he is a sports guy, right? So he's wearing jerseys and Raiders jerseys or Browns jerseys, whoever, right? Okay, he's wearing sports jerseys. Okay, 
And like all these guys touring with him, making fun of him, like sports, fuck, you know, all these <laughs> Europeans, they like don't get it, which I'm sure plenty of them like, you know, soccer or, or, or Tri- football. traditional football. Yeah. But because he's wearing like a, uh, a football, like a American football jersey, they're ragging on him because he's not in full spikes and leather and not looking the part, you know? Yeah. So at the same time that a lot of these guys are accepting, like Eric said, there there is some elitism uh, <laughs> amid, uh, you know, some of that crowd where, like, if you're not looking the part and, like, living the part, like, you're just a poser. But it's like, come on, dude. Like, there's only a handful of people I know that are checking in the airport with all their spikes and all the oh. shit on that aren't wearing their fucking Hello Kitty <laughs> slippers, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I you mean, know? It, dude, if you're showing up to the airport in comfort, that's, that's going a little far. But, like, showing on stage in a Hello Kitty shirt? And 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 Browns Browns sweatpants or something. Well, yeah, no. Well, well, no, yeah, and he and he didn't. He had his stage garb. He, yeah. This was like because they were touring in a van oh, together or the, something. That's ridiculous. But they're giving him shit for not, you know. And he's like, yeah, I like fucking football. Who cares? But the funny thing is, here in the, in America, I I think there's like uh, there's a cross section there because there are elitist dudes that would probably say fuck football and this and that. But there's so many metalheads that love. Sports that love football and like look at Kerry King wore Raiders jerseys all through the early '90s, you know. So uh, it's a weird. Dude, that's that's another weird fucking thing. Those obituary dudes don't fucking call them on Sunday, um, they're, right? They're, you know, they're wearing their jerseys holding a fucking football, you know, in a Budweiser. <laughs> like, yeah, um, they're not fucking around. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like that too, I don't, man. I don't, I don't personally get it, but uh, yeah. but they're but they're, yeah, they're into it. Yeah, I'm a football Sunday guy. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Oh shit. I played all that, so. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I no, I, I'm something very metal about football. Trust me. Well, like, and hockey for that matter. Well, the, it, it was spawned on this show, the the the, the J Dog episode that you produced. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Death Metal Spirit. <laughs> but, I mean, so it is very much. Well, because like uh, another guy that got shit when he he changed things, and I and. It is very much an elitist thing. Is David Vincent when he went country? Oh yeah, like people are ragging on, and I was one of them uh, for ragging on for wearing a uh, cowboy hat. Yeah, it's but so at the ridiculous. end of the day, it is kind of like, well, at least it was like country and cowboy. Well, at like, least it's true. It's like Hank right, Williams' like, country. It's not like Leanne Rhymes' country. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like imagine, imagine if that was like you have David like Vincent's going country, and then like you heard it like uh, well the local I call it poser country station. Yeah, yeah. Uh, WGAR here, and everybody every city's got one. Yeah. So like all, your local it's country, just pop music, really. It, dude, for, it's pop music with like a, a weird little twang. Yeah. Hell, I even heard one now that's like the that what's like just country at this point that was like. I could have sworn, and why the fuck I know this is because I grew up in the 90s, that it had literally just the sampled horrible Papa Roach, uh, what's that, cut my life into pieces song, uh, like that, da-da. it just had literally that <laughs> sample, but then like a guy like, she really likes her, her truck, and and it's just like, what the fuck is this? So if that was David Vincent, that would be amazing. well then it would be like, fuck David Vincent, <laughs> yeah, but it would almost be so, so be amazing. better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, so... Maybe that, but that maybe that's no, but he's being true to country. So he's true. Well, he wasn't necessarily true to metal. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's the gripe, though. Maybe so. that's what people are saying. Like, no, David Vincent's a WGAR country <laughs> kind of guy. He ain't Hank Williams. Well, because wasn't the first point of like shitting on David Vincent because of Jenna tortures? Like, well, well I got, I got. You got stories you for that too. You got stories, you Eric. Fucking, Man, you got the stories. Oh, yeah, I gotta send you some posters if you. And we'll get back on this Dave Vincent thing. Um, <laughs> we, we just, we just found. Uh, what I would call pure gold. Um, uh, we, there's these posters. Uh, yeah, I'll fuck. I'll send you some. <laughs> of Dave. Oh, Dave, it blew my fucking mind. I guess I missed that era. Oh, are you talking um, about the tutu? D- no, no, no. But it, it, okay. it, it made it made poison look cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poison, dude. Further, further down in the abyss is a great fucking demo. German <laughs> like, um, poison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we just uh, in the last year we we redid the old uh, Morbid Angel uh, studio, um, and uh, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, cause speaking of the Jenner tortures, that's who uh, I guess when, once Dave and Jen was married, and got so divorced. they bought that together. Um, no, no. I, <laughs> you I, think I she think got that out of the divorce? Yeah, she got that out of the divorce. I think that they were smart in the early '90s and bought that fucking building yeah. for like twenty grand. Wow, it's going, it's 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 going for like four hundred now. Holy you know? shit! But um, but so anyway, you walk it, you walk in, uh, the first time I did, and you try to open up the door and you immediately hit gear, and it's just 
full of fucking the shittiest gear ever, man. Um, and I mean, tons <laughs> of cabs, tons of fucking uh, all kinds of stuff. But that being said, there was still in there. You could tell, like when Morbid Angel split. They took all they took all their shit except the shit they they were like fuck it you keep it Jim yeah yeah, um, yeah. but there's like four like prototype bases that aren't even finished with Dave's oh shit um there's uh and there oh and there's these fucking posters dude <laughs> I gotta I see the posters dude yeah we gotta we gotta put the posters on Hellcast oh, <laughs> but um I gotta know and, <laughs> yeah. no yeah uh, it'd just be something to see but um <laughs> man you sent it, me you sent me that Sandoval shirt. Oh yeah, the Pete the Feet shirt. Yeah, I got um, a Pete the Feet shirt. Like oh, really? sweaty yeah. and disgusting as fuck. I can't, I can't get the shit out of the. You know, I washed it and it's still like fucking gnarly. He probably wore it when he was playing or something. No, no, dude. That's uh, so. It, it, the funny thing is, uh, before I sent you that shirt, I washed it like four times Did you? and and dumped a <laughs> box of fucking uh, baking soda in the washer. Um, but there, there was a box. Those were all like brand new shirts. Um, I should actually try to get a hold of him and send him that shit. Yeah, yeah. Probably, you know, I'm sure you um, could. Yeah, but um, yeah. There's 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 quite a few things that were in there. It was, it was a really interesting to see. And and you sent me pictures of the uh, there was like a whiteboard or a chalkboard where they had like set lists written from like rehearsals and stuff. So that was kind of cool to see. This, this oh, is... I le- I legitimately stole that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. that's that's in our warehouse. That's awesome. This this is the the David Vincent former Morbid Angel spot we're talking about. Still, yeah, right? yeah. He owned the warehouse. Yeah, they they practice there. A few, apparently, a few things were mentioned, like Jenna Torches and stuff. But it was abandoned forever, right? Because it was it was fucked up when you went in, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so so um, sorry. Yeah, I, I guess I was all over the place. No, this was actually Morbid Angel's place, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, which I think they I think they bought it like like I said in the early nineties. And then so Jen's had it, and I guess I guess Jen whatever she does, man, like, you know, if she does like a couple of gigs a year, she'll go in there and, uh, that's where she was rehearsing. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my buddy wanted to come in and, and re, you know, recreate a studio. So we, we went and gutted the fucking place. Um, it, it, it was a fucking nightmare, but it's beautiful now. It's where we just recorded the new record. Yeah, it looks awesome. Like all this Florida stuff, I wanted to kind of bring the, conversation back around to where we were with you know chuck and uh, obituary and 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 david vincent uh in the darkness that uh tommy wasn't a part of anyway that that episode which one uh with mike browning oh yeah yeah i wish i could have been uh he when he brought up basically because obviously he was like there at the roots of the band so like and sorry mike if i'm paraphrasing anything incorrectly uh to what it sounded like to me like it just almost feels like uh, there was like an infiltration for lack of a better word when dave oh by dave like yeah kind of showed up i think he did yeah um so like because i think he was almost like uh i wouldn't say managing but he was friends with trey and kind of like telling him you should be doing this you should be doing it yeah you should be doing this 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 and right trey got stoked on all that right And, and so like uh i guess with uh you know everything that if you've seemed to experience or know about eric like is that infiltration uh, of like david vincent remark anywhere near what like the florida scene uh that you've kind of described the people anyway that we were talking about like is that kind of perception that anybody else has seemingly thought well dave to? wasn't from florida well right yeah, yeah. so that's kind of what i'm th- wondering like th- you know does anybody like look at it that way like oh this guy just fucking kind of came down here and oh know. there's a there's a there's a lot of that man and uh pe- you know pe- it's just kind of like an unspoken thing but yeah there'll, there'll be people that'll fucking like pick up in a van and move to florida and then they're like they call themselves florida death metal you know well, right. or whatever it's well like, yeah but i don't know there's people that do that now but you know, I think Cannibal no. Corpse didn't call themselves that, but they got dubbed. No, that. no, yeah, and, and they, yeah, they they uh they were already established too, but yeah, right. they were they were just like adopted and gratefully adopted, you know. Totally. Now are you uh like because you're just born and raised from Florida then, right? Yeah. So then, yeah, like, well, the, I, I guess as yeah, a native Floridian, then like it, I, I I could totally understand like if yourself or somebody that is from there, it's like, and then somebody just moves down there and like they almost <laughs> well, honestly, that that is a good question for you. Do you perceive like Cannibal Corpse, like them calling that Florida death metal? Love and creation. Like, yeah, are you kind of like, well, what the fuck? 
Well, I, I, I don't feel too much either way about it. And, and like I said, I don't think they came down and claimed it. I think they just got dubbed. They got dubbed it, you know? it yeah. And, uh, and Florida was glad to have them, you know? Yeah. So who – I want to ask because you, you'd been well, – okay, so if we go back and you've been doing Intoxicated with a, a couple different lineups and all through these demo phases and stuff, who were the bands that you played with the most that uh, people may not know now? Uh, because they never ended up doing it. Like, Intoxicated is a good example, right? So Intoxicated really never had a real official release other than demos, sure. correct? Okay. Yeah. So like yourself, are there other bands that just kind of either had the same uh, the same fate that you wish you know people could have heard, or there's some that maybe, uh, you know, Raped Ape comes to mind when I think of awesome bands that I liked that I got turned on to that really, you know, they got signed, I think, maybe Roadrunner put something out but it was like yeah so as, short -lived. As, soon as, they, as soon as they got signed they got turned into that band called pain god or whatever i think they were forced to change their name oh, okay and, that, uh, and that's not pain principle right pain god no no that, no but that's a, that's that they fit in that category that you're discussing though but um no they uh yeah rape dave got turned into pain god and that first album was nothing like fucking rape rape dave, dave was uh, amazing which i loved yeah those guys used to come around you know um they did it right man they traveled just enough and uh and you know they, they didn't come too much so like when they came everybody came out you know and uh where were those guys they, from well miami oh okay yeah like and, cynic um, right cynic was down there too yep yeah um but yeah asriel which was uh man i still i still wish someone would do something with that i talked to ken about it all the time well, you sent me those videos he was like shredding balls on that thing Dude, uh, that that like I said, that's so Bob Bobby, um, the guy who played all those leads on some the symbolic record. Yeah, you know him and Ken um, here in Florida w went to like junior high school together, and like you know they're they, I've seen like VHS tapes of them at junior high, like doing like Ken's playing like Johnny Be Good, and fucking Bobby's playing like Al Miola at their uh, Jesus, you know, talent contests and shit. But like that band was fucking over the top phenomenal. You know, um, Asriel, and then and it was more yeah. of a thrash traditional heavy metal mix, right? Because everyone was yeah. like into sabotage, right? That was like your heroes <laughs> growing up. I, I I hated the I hated the vocals that Asriel had, but it was kind of like it was that was kind of like big in like you know er, the early '90s, you know, the high pitched vocals and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, but, the, yeah. but the musicianship was just over the top good. Um, there was a band of more wasn't really my my thing but um they did a lot man around here and a lot for the scene there's a band called nephobia okay um, yeah i haven't heard that they're, one they're, yeah more death metal band and uh and then pain principle was a fucking great you know thrash band i mean i get it you know when bands like cannibal and stuff are obviously larger than that but it, it's almost it, i mean they didn't but it, in a way i guess it, it could be viewed if somebody were to be bitter <laughs> that well, look, they stole dude, the spotlight malevolent creation is is definitely dubbed florida death metal they're yeah. not from fucking florida right uh fucking deicide not from fucking florida cannibal not from fucking florida you know what i mean it's like right. crazy man so that's why you haven't but heard that's of florida death metal <laughs> you know like right. an obituary you know obviously they are they're the true the true ones but yeah well it's just kind of funny yeah, uh, but it's uh, it, it in a way I guess could have been something that uh, you you could have taken away from your scene and been like, what the fuck do you, all these migrants kind of come down here? Uh, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a sense, I, I I don't well, know because of Morrison though, really, right? I mean, that was like the big draw, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, did you got did you guys ever hear how o obituary almost didn't become obituary? You know, like I mean, uh, what do you mean by that? Because uh, oh, I think you told me this story. This is a good, this is a good story. Yeah, with 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 yeah, executioner was uh, you know, had been around, and I, gu I guess a few of the guys were getting to a point where they're just like, man, you know, this, you know, their goals weren't, you know, they they they, have, they were meeting their goals or whatever. And uh, anyway, Trevor had ended up, he had gone in, and he was going to join the military, and uh, he had gone through everything you're supposed to do. And I guess I guess if I remember the story from him correctly. It's my understanding that once you do the physical with uh, with the military or whatever, then you're fucking in. There's no getting out. You're signed up, you know? Hmm. And it was the day before his physical. He had done everything else. He was getting ready to go cut all his fucking hair off. And uh, Monty Connor came down um, from Roadrunner uh, to check out uh, them play. And uh, John wasn't even there. And they got signed right then, sight unseen. And, uh, wow. 
that's what saved the saved the day. So he never he never went for his physical with the military. Thank God. So crazy. I think you're right, dude. I, I think I watched a movie. And I'm trying to remember what it was. But it was the same thing. Like this person was going to go into the military. They they went to their physical, but ended up staying in the parking lot and didn't go in. You know, and like they yeah. have to go. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. It's something like that. Yep. Yeah. And no offense to the military, but I'm just saying. I I mean, I mean, thank God for you know, so the obituary exists. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> DVDs first came around, like they had bonus features and stuff. It sure. was always like cool to me to then more alluring to like get the old stuff that you always had like a VHS of because then it's like, oh shit, like I never, you know, knew any of this behind the scene right, kind right. of stuff. So it feels like with the internet and like where we're at with it now, like a fucking death documentary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, which, and, and to highlight the death particularly because it was like, oh, finally a different, like a big band. But the different story, it wasn't like what we did get, and that was another thrash thing. And, you know, let me tell you about Metallica, and it's just like, great, yeah. this fucking story, a la Murr in the front row. <laughs> that might as well have been just like, did you guys see that, man? Like, that move, that might as well just been called, I mean, honestly, it's Murder in the Front Row, so it's alluding to Exodus. Yeah. So it should have just been like Murder in the Front Row, like crossed out, and then just Metallica. <laughs> you know, but, that's all it was about. Yeah. Like, did you not think so? I don't think I saw that one. I, I think only Get Thrashed. I don't think I ever saw Murder in the First Row. But I think maybe you told me. Someone told me, like, don't bother or something. So. That was probably me. I, I, I will seen, eventually. Have you seen it, Eric? Murder in the Front Row? No. Um, I mean, I, I guess I won't go as far as far as to say don't bother, but, like, I was just bothered <laughs> yeah. by the same freaking story. Because um, it would be cool. Like, I mean, what's it, like, don't stop at death. Like, let's get... Uh, I don't know what the hell it'd be called, but the ex, you know, a, a, execution, execution. Well, there should be an obituary and, documentary, but there is an obituary book coming, which I know about. Which, but do you guys uh, like I don't the even think book we could, stuff? I don't even know you could talk about it, huh? Do you even like the books? Like, almost seem like um, just I don't know. The books are great. Yeah, but I've I'm read just, so many. I guess I'm just a half-asser, and I, I like my. <laughs> I just want my TV. To get well, yeah, the, I like both. Yeah, give me both. <laughs> yeah, give me both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want someone to read to me. Um. <laughs> but but to see footage of some of the old days is cool. You know, it's always cool when they, you know, there's like archive of some of this stuff where yeah. they bust out. You well, know. yeah, and also I'd lo well, I would love to see something, you know, on video or film or whatever with obituaries. Also, just because, man, those dudes are so fucking funny and well spoken. You know, yeah. really, and, and I don't even really know that. Like, so that is kind of well, yeah, yeah. So it kind of lets you into their world if when you see some of that stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, what are you, uh, speaking of obituary though, what, what, do you know anything about some redneck stomp? <laughs> like, it seems like, cause I'm always like, oh God, there's that elitist. Like, oh my God, redneck stomp. But it, it seems like the fans like love it. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, it's, it's funny. A, a lot of dudes around here that, that like, like that specific song or whatever uh -huh. are dudes that just can't play guitar that good. And so they're like, <laughs> fuck yeah, song rips. But, um, but no. Redneck Stomp, dude, like like Big Al from that, you know, from Obituary, uh -huh. dude, go going to his house. Uh, he lived in like, it was like an all right house in Tampa, and um, but he had like, he had the fucking nicest hot tub you'd ever seen in your life in his backyard, you know, not on a deck, just sitting there, <laughs> nose running around, and then I don't care, dude, if there was twenty people in the house, Big Al never would go in uh and use like. He would never piss in the bathroom. He always pissed in his kitchen sink. So uh, all that redneck stuff shit, they came by that honestly. <laughs> I hear there's another uh, odd, there's a another like odd. Hell, there's probably like thousands really for for like everybody in there. Like they're inside to things that you don't uh, know or, or or like if the play on words. Like uh, wasn't there a death one? Uh, Fuck, Chris, the the crystal song. Oh, well, he taught he he told me about that. Yeah, that yeah that. What's that, the song That's again, the though? cool Crystal Mountain. Crystal Mountain. That's the cool shit though. Like that, no one knows. And like, I, I'm almost a little disappointed because I doubt Eric's the only one that knows this story. Is like when they do the death documentaries and stuff. And granted, you only got so much time and budget and whatever. But where are those stories? You know, like where is the nitty gritty? You know, there's some of that in there. You know, I mean, obviously. Chuck is the godfather of death metal, and no one's taking that away. But everyone's got their quirks, man. Everyone's fucking weird in their own way, right? And he definitely seemed like a fucking weirdo in his own way. And, uh, you know, you don't hear that side too much. You don't hear, like, 
you know, you just hear the death metal God and this and that. But, you know, that whole part when uh, they talked about having to tour without Chuck because Chuck just bailed on that tour last minute. I'm sure Eric knows what I'm talking about there. <laughs> but it's pr- pretty much, you know, death went over to tour Europe because they committed and Chuck didn't want to go, but they went anyway because it was like, fuck. I mean, all the dates are set. We're going to get paid. Like, why right. would the fuck you want to go to Europe? And, you know, he was being weird and didn't want to go. But there's a perfect example of Chuck's, like, uh, isms, you know, like, I'd be curious to hear more about those someday. But anyway, yeah, you, you got to tell them the, the Crystal Mountain story, man, because I, I, I love that. I love sy- Symbolic. I love all death. But, you know, that song's a fucking killer song, and it's probably one of their most note notable songs, I would think. At least for that record. Uh, I, I would think of all time at this point. If you look at, like, Spotify, it's probably, like, one of the top songs. But I would thought it was some fantasy fucking heavy metal garbage, you know, but... It's not apparently. Yeah, it was. It was. It was about. It was about one of his neighbors, um, and her name was Crystal. And she was this big fat lady who uh, who had a bunch of cats, man. And she was just mi- this miserable fucking cunt who would who would just uh, you know. I mean, Chuck, Chuck did the best he could in his garage, man. To you know, it was pretty dialed and pretty soundproofed. But um, if this if this lady would hear you know just the the slightest bit of bass or thump, she was she would call the fucking cops, you know. And that was uh. And so yeah, he, he that's Crystal called, Mountain. He called it Crystal Mountain, you know. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I think he was also calling her Crystal Mountain too. But uh, <laughs> now I guess see now I got to reread the lyrics and see what it all means, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's basically yeah. So if, <laughs> inside if Crystal remember, Mountain, evil takes its form. <laughs> describe describing her as somewhat of an elitist in her fucking dome, you know. Yeah. Um, Crystal Mountain, you know, <laughs> they, 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 well, that kind of that almost puts a perspective into the the Chuck just uh, fuck off kind of you're not gonna wear yeah. the kitty cat shirt. I'm right, gonna talk about oranges. I'm gonna be a nice guy. <laughs> what you know, and, and you, you, I, I think it was in the death de- documentary, but there was a point that when you're talking about you know like, like your comment was uh, you know leaving stuff out, like they I think they brought up him jamming with Slaughter from Canada. Mm. But like nothing enough to like at least to my comprehension to like grasp like what the hell was even going on that it just seemed odd when I first found out like you know there's an era of like there's a like uh, a you know speaking of Nunslaughter so Donna Dead of course had to be in the demo elitist <laughs> that he is yeah so I got I got the tape of Slaughter with uh, you know Chuck on it uh, you know evil evil Chuck as they call it. so like. It just seemed to kind of skip over that, and it's just like I, yeah. I it's clearly something was going on that like he's already established, and then he's going to freaking Canada, like from Florida, like honestly, it was literally ass backward because <laughs> everybody was, I mean, right. Buffalo to Florida, down. right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like he was going up. It's right over the border. It's pretty much literally the area. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about that, Eric? I have no idea. Sorry. So yeah. So but like. So it wasn't like slaughter guys were like down in Florida jamming and stuff. <laughs> not, not when I was around. No. no? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a, we should ask slaughter. I mean that's who we should really ask those. Yeah, guys. we'll get uh, what, uh Dave uh, Hughes. I forgot his last name. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but, we'll have to go to the source. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was just uh, I was getting in, uh, into the, uh, the all these uh, fun facts that I may or may not have known. The shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure, that, there's tons of them. Well, I. I if I, I could probably spend more hours on that, um, but uh, I want to be a little more productive in the in the informative sense. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we obviously talked a lot about scenes and stuff, and we did bring up Intoxicated, uh, and you would mention obviously that you know you put out. Uh, well, what what did because you know we heard about the releases that uh, like didn't so much get heard mm-hmm. uh, previously of Intoxicated. So, what did you release? We released the Wald EP on Seeing Red Records, and that's when uh, Eric had explained. Once uh, Greg had, and him had got together, Greg uh, plays bass also in uh, Andrew WK. What, when did you say the, the Wald material was written, Eric? I mean, it, it was written last year. Oh, I, you okay. know, I, within the last like year and a half. Well, was it? Was it? Uh, well, it was just before the pandemic, then? Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. that's because we released during that time. So yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Is that something you're trying to do though? Is like a a collection of the old stuff too? That like that? I mean, if it's only on well, seven well, inches when, or... it, when we first started talking and you started telling me this story, I'm like, how did it, no one else like, you know? Because I wasn't the only person he wrote. Obviously, there was other labels. I'm right. Sure he, well, yeah, he reached yeah. out to, but I was like, 
when in the little thing that he wrote me, which I thought was pretty informative. I was like, wait, what? Who are these dudes? When he's talking about death, he's talking about Chuck and these demos. I was like, I got a. I was super intrigued right away. I'm like, there's something to this. But we had talked about, yeah, right away. Maybe, maybe there's some cool story we can do about, uh, you know, putting out these unreleased demos and putting out this Chuck demo. And he's got all kind of archives of, of cool stuff and this Trevor artwork and you know all this stuff. Uh, I mean, I've got I've got stuff that, uh, like I said, I think a lot of people have never heard. Um, and, and maybe you know, like when the time is right, you know, when maybe people give you know hopefully give a fuck about intoxicated you know it, I, I think it'd be nice to to you know release some of that stuff but i've got stuff where with like trevor singing on it you know i've got stuff with chuck singing that's amazing chuck playing guitar um well i think the important you know, the important thing to stay here is you know what got my attention was the story that they gave me via email but what really uh, drove me to work with them is the, when I heard the music, I was like, this is incredible. Like, I, I was blown away by, you know, what they were doing at the time because you know better than anybody, having worked, you know, with Hell's Headbangers and now Reaper Metal, you get the bands that, of the of the past, right, that have a new record and they haven't oh, been yeah. around for 20 <laughs> years and they yeah, go, yeah. I want you to put out that new record when you just want the reissue yeah. because that new record is going out the window. Uh, that wasn't the case here. And so right. that's why I was so excited because I thought it was going to be the case of, yeah, we had Chuck record this demo once, you know, and they were like grabbing <laughs> on to any little right, right, piece right. of like cr- credibility they could, you know. But then when I heard, I was like, oh, shit, this is like legit, you know. And so then that, that was exciting. So that was just about the band. And now how, how do we weave this story to press? Because it is so interesting, but not rest our laurels on it. Like let's rest our laurels on the material at hand, yeah. but there's this really cool story surrounding it. So like he said, maybe, maybe one day in the near future or, or a couple years, whatever, as intoxicated continue and, and keep building. Cause literally it started almost from scratch again. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give it, maybe give some, some cool stuff to the people once they're able to kind of, become recognized again you know all they like literally all we've put out was one ep so far so not even a full length which is what yeah. we're working on for next year yeah and the one the one thing is we ne- never stopped writing in that and uh from from the wall material all the way up till you know we just turned in turned in the full length you know um so yeah that that's the hope of, of coming out next year uh it's just vinyl so backed up is there going to be an Andrew WK cover on the uh, Intoxicated? <laughs> no, not on this one. That would be funny, though. Yeah, well, like, but bring it back to the Elitist for stuff. Party Hard by Intoxicated. Well, so we were talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> with Andrew as a guest. No, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna get John. The, the yeah, J- yeah, John Tardy. There yeah. you go, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John and Donald on it. See, with all there, there you go, man. You. you you're welcome. <laughs> Reaper just fucking figured it all out for you. How do we take your story, make it appropriate to your band, and that's what it is going to be. It's going to be all these awesome stories that you got, but then it's going to dwindle down to that you're going to finally make it right, and you're going to take that experience, and you're going to get John to do an Andrew WK song. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it has to be, because that would just be hilarious. Yeah, did he ever? Has he ever asked John to, to be on a record? Um, you know what? I honestly don't know the answer to that, but I will say this: it was, this is one of the, one of the highlights. WK, uh, nobody does. <laughs> yeah, I know for Andrew and, and myself, but it was when we very first started. I, I, this might have been like second or third year of touring with Andrew. It was uh, the last show of Ozfest um, that we were on? And Ozfest for, for us, I won't, I will not lie, it was a struggle um, every single day, and I understand it. You know, it's, uh, again, all full circle to this elitist thing. You know, when people saw Andrew's name on that bill, you know, um, I think people were like, it doesn't belong on here. So it was a it was a fight every day. But we did really well, man, on on Ozfest. And uh, but the last show of that tour, um, we opened up and uh, Frank before he passed uh, and JT and DT. Yeah, we, 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 we did five obituary tunes, you know. Oh, wow. Um, Rather than our Andrew WK set, that's awesome. With Andrew, with Andrew playing guitar, myself playing guitar. Oh shit! Um, and John, and you know, John obviously, you know, came up and sang. It was what, fucking what awesome. songs did you do? Uh, we did "Chopped in Half." Wow! Uh, by, by the light. Uh, <laughs> Threatening skies. Oh, I, nice. I don't totally remember all of them, but uh, that's awesome, dude. Is there footage of that somewhere? 
You know what? I honestly don't know. That would be amazing. Was the crowd just crickets? Where's Andrew Jones? <laughs> What's this it noise? Was fucking, it was awesome. That's awesome. Do you like could well is that a, like you gotta use the sales factor, like it, it could that sales factor, I guess, be used where it's like <laughs> intoxicated. Featuring members of Andrew WK, like do you think anybody in the Andrew WK would in turn like because you know i mean we we spent so much time talking about the elitism from our side i I guess we're ours you know uh where it's like if you flip it to that side whoever the andrew wk elitist could be like well what the hell is it would they what are they playing yeah Yeah. like yeah yeah well i I, out of respect and out of you know i think just integrity we we have a you know we're trying to do all this on our our own without throwing that name out but that's funny that you say that because uh i can remember you know we, we brought out High on Fire. Uh, it was High on Fire and the Andrew WK tour, you know? Okay. And, uh, and I can remember, man, seeing uh, while High on Fire playing, there being like these these people right in the front row that just wanted to be there for when Andrew went on, you know, literally like looking in disgust and holding their ears like while High on Fire played. So, <laughs> you know, but that was some of my favorite shit, you know? Yeah. To, to like force crossover, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, this has been a very uh, explorer, uh, explorative, is that exploratory, a exploratory uh, episode of many conversations, and wherever it led us, I, I'm not entirely sure, but it led me with a few questions for you, the audience, as we wrap up here. Um, a, Eric's got plenty of freaking great stories, and we only touched the surface yeah, of scratched them. it. So, uh, what did you, Eric's last name is Payne, right? Yeah. So we're, and then in the midst of what uh, all these. Florida death metal stories, Chuck Schaldiner death. I, I think you know if that, if that would be a re- reoccurring thing. We'll, we'll get a, a story from Eric every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, we'll just call it painkiller. Yeah, you know. I'd love to, man. Thanks. It's an appropriate thing. I think so. I think so. <laughs> to the to the source. So, do you want to see some painkillers? Um, but also, what the hell do you, dear viewer? What do you think is the anecdote, the the whatevers that I'm failing to really describe here on this elitism? I'd thing. also want to know, based on what Eric might have divulged in this interview, if they have any questions for him. You know, because if we can get that ball turning sooner and later, maybe that'll take us on a whole nother fucking winding road. You know. <laughs> Uh, but like, so if you're that guy on the internet, like that is gonna shock Reaper to be like, I fucking love Andrew WK, Propanatica, yeah. Marduk, and the, the thing that I described <laughs> earlier. Then let me that let that be known. Like, yeah. tell me I'm full of shit. Tell me there. Tell me the wreck of the jam. Uh, whatever the hell that may be. And when you do all that, um, actually before you do all that, then go to ReaperMelproductions.com. Don't smash a like. Don't like this video. Don't share it. None of that. Just go to ReaperMelproductions.com. There'll be a link to check out Intoxicated in this video, ReaperMelproductions.com. You can go to Redefining Darkness. You can go to Seeing Red. You can Everything that's uh, been divulged in this episode is all going to be available to you. So then, when you do all that, then we can talk to you next time.